0: Want to stream Cognitive Dissonance to your Android or iPhone? Buy the app. Go to dissonancepod.com and click on the link on the right-hand side of the page. Each purchase helps support the show.
1: So, Mr. President, how do you uh, how do you handle uh, how do you handle promises that you made when you were running for election, and how do you handle uh, how do you handle it? I mean, what do you say to people? Do you uh, do you just uh, You know, I know people, uh, people were wondering, you don't, you don't have it, okay. Well, I know even some of the people in your own party were very disappointed when you didn't close Gitmo. And I thought, uh, well, I think closing Gitmo, why close that? We've spent so much money on it. Uh, But uh, uh, I thought maybe it's an excuse. Uh, 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 What do you mean, shut up? Uh, Okay. It just, I thought it was just because somebody had a stupid idea of trying uh, terrorists in downtown New York City. Maybe that. Would be... uh, 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 we're going to have to have a, a little chat about that. And then uh, I, I just wondered, these, all these promises. And then I, I wondered about, uh, uh, you know, when, when. Uh, the uh what do you want me to tell romney i can't tell him to do that that can't do that to himself (laughs) You're, you're You're, you're absolutely crazy
2: is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome, Matt. This is episode 64 of Cognitive Dissonance, and we have Andy from the Incredulous Podcast, as well as Merseyside Skeptics, on our show I'm so sorry in advance, Andy. I'm just so sorry. I just feel like I need to apologize from the fucking outset that you have to waste your time being on our show after putting so much preparation into our appearance on Incredulous. And then uh, being on our half-assed ad hoc program. So... I appreciate your apology. It's accepted. Yeah, it, put it's, that in your it's back recognized, you're need validated, it. and fully uh, accepted. So the first story that we're going to talk about comes from Huffington Post, and this is a story about uh, Mark Craddock, Christian sect doctor. That's not a uh, honorific in front of doctor. That's for fucking sure. You know, at some point, it's like, wouldn't you just rather be doctor? You know, and somebody's like, oh, are you doctor? No, I'm Christian sect doctor. Oh, (laughs) back of the bus. Banned for prescribing gay cure drug used for castration. Again, this article falls into the you need to go back to journalism school uh, headline writing class camp. (laughs) Uh, this is an Australian doctor and member of a conservative Christian sect who has been banned from practicing medicine after prescribing a teenager chemical castration to cure the gay. will certainly cure his desire for any yeah. sex. <laughs> and also means that this doctor is a complete shithead. Andy, what are your thoughts?
3: Well, I read this uh, article with the usual amount of disbelief. And I don't know why I'm surprised every fucking time an article like this comes up. These, this doctor belongs to a religious cult called the Exclusive Brethren Christian Fellowship.
4: It doesn't sound like a cult at all either. You know what I mean? Like that no, doesn't sound no. like a cult name at all. No.
3: <laughs> well, I think it's a little bit awkward to say, so I'm just going to refer to them as the Exclusive Twats. <laughs> exclusive now, the, Twats. There aren't many doctors in this cult. Do you know why there aren't many doctors in this cult? They don't believe in science? Uh, because it- <laughs> they're not allowed to be doctors. There are strict rules governing what you can and can't do. And belonging to professional associations and attending university are both banned. So it's tricky to be a doctor, and the only ones that there are tend to be old, having qualified before those rules came into force. Are you
2: serious? You can't attend university. Yeah, I'm serious, yeah. yeah. Somebody's sitting around making up a set of rules, oh, you know who we've got to get rid of. <laughs> we just can't <laughs> anybody smart. smart. I mean, smart, I let's yeah. just throw and if you're if and it what about if you're not you know he didn't attend college no professional associations too fuck it i don't want anybody accidentally smart <laughs> getting in i don't want i want to make sure that I structure an organization to be as fucking dumbo stupid as possible <laughs> on every fucking level from the organizational structure forward. Bravo, exclusive brethren.
3: Mm. With religion, I find that that's the only satisfactory way to guarantee a long-term future. Yeah, that's how they deal with the cults, for sure. This is Craig Hoyle. The chap's name is Craig Hoyle, and he was 18 years old. This story is four years old, by the way, but it's just come into the press again because the doctor concerns have uh, been struck off, as we call it here in the U.K but uh, he's had his licence revoked. He realised he was gay at about 18 and he came out and some very, very strange occurrences ensued, um, including the one central to this story, um, but starting with the personal intervention of a guy called Bruce Hale, who's a fucking moron and the leader of the exclusive twat. (laughs) Now, according uh, according to Craig, this guy specifically is the one who suggested the medical intervention that's at the heart of this story. And he sent him to this this dingbat doctor called Mark Craddock who prescribed a year-long course of a drug called Ciprostat. Now, one effect of this drug is the suppression of libido via the regulation of testosterone. And for this reason, it's been used for the chemical castration of sex offenders. So, guys, I just want you to dwell on that for a moment. The doctor prescribed an intervention to suppress libido the symptoms that the doctor had been presented with were, I am gay. Yeah. <laughs> now, f- f- from that starting point, for the doctor to write the prescription, he'd first have to agree that being gay is a diagnosable condition, right, right. then decided it needed something, and then settle upon Ciprostat cy- cy- as the answer. And I'm, it-, it just blows my mind. The Catholic Church... The exclusive twats also, they don't think that being gay is sinful, but the actual behaviour is sinful. And here you have the doctor making a moral judgement about the potential behaviour of his patient and prescribing heavyweight drugs to suppress the sinful behaviour. In other words, to kill the sexual behaviour, first kill the sexual urges. And this has got fuck all to do with medicine. The doctor's just abusing a vulnerable patient to pursue a religious agenda. Uh, How long did the consultation last, guys? Have a guess.
2: <laughs> I'm going to guess 15 minutes. No,
3: it's oh, a good guess. 10 minutes uh, during which there was no examination.
2: Well, how do you examine the gay? <laughs> you know, it's like difficult. if that's the diagnosis, I, I actually would be more appalled if there was an examination, right? Like, well, you know, I listened to his heartbeat, I took his blood pressure, we did that little reflex with the knee thing, and then I looked in his gay, and then I was like, oh, okay, well, I can see there's some gay in like, what? No, I mean why would you do an examination before equating somebody with a child molester? Yeah. I mean that's definitely the way you got to go. You
4: got to play that out that and way. And that's it exactly, right? Like that's the and that's the standpoint that a lot of people have um especially here in the states when you hear that constantly they're like, you know, the reason why everybody's so against homosexual marriage in the United States is because they want it. They, they keep on bringing pedophilia into the conversation. They keep on trying to say, oh, well, you know, it, it leads to pedophilia or it leads to bestiality, It leads to to what they call deviant sexual behavior. And uh and you're just like, no, it's, it's natural sexual behavior to be homosexual. Now, it, it's fine to call. Uh, pedophilia, deviant, because that's something you know that you can't endorse because the person isn't a consenting adult. But you know when you start talking about homosexuality, you're 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 trying to conflate things that just don't fit together, and they do it all the time. At least they do it over here. I don't know if they try to bring it into the conversation in the in the UK.
3: Yeah, I'm um, the. There is a massive argument over here about, uh, about gay marriage and this question of family values. I'd, we don't see so much of the, um, of the sort of gateway argument where, um, you know, allowing gayness um, is, a, is a gateway to all sorts of other deviant behaviour. Which somewhat suggests that homosexuality. It does, is defect, absolutely which absolutely does. It yeah. is not. Which, of course, it is not. But um, so we don't hear so much of that. But we do. You know, I always get the feeling that it's in the background of some of these religious arguments, and in particular, the Catholic Church and the Church of England um, are united in their uh, stance against gay marriage and gays in general. To be absolutely fair, we
2: well, are. Yeah, how do you unite against gay marriage and not not really be saying like, well, you know, I'm I'm pro-gay. You know, I'm I'm. I'm definitely on the side of the homosexual community. I don't want them to get married and have the additional rights that, that come with that, you know, but I'm definitely for the gay community. I'm for putting them back in the closet, and I'm for shaming them, and I'm for, <laughs> you know, calling them uh, deviants and equating them with uh, pedophiles. That's what I'm for. I'm for that. Well,
3: they're also for um, treating gayness with, um, with this drug, Now, this drug is really quite dangerous, in fact. Um, There are lots of side effects. So the the non-condition that they're treating with this drug opens up the patient, or victim in this case, to a whole range of side effects, including liver damage, carcinoma, jaundice, hepatitis, all sorts of stuff. And if by any chance he was to be in a position where he was... Um, to father a child, um, then there's a very good chance that fetus would be malformed as well. Oh, my gosh. Um, So there are massive consequential side effects to do with this treatment, which is not a treatment. It's a fucking abuse. It's absolutely abuse of a vulnerable teenager at a very important part of his life when he's realising his sexuality and he's coming to terms with it to the degree that he came out to the the leaders of his sect and then to his family. Now, when he told his family, he's got uh, seven or eight brothers and sisters, when he told his family, they took the siblings away because they didn't want him him involved with the uh, siblings anymore. So they put him on a heavyweight drug Then they rob him of his family support. Next thing, he he moves out and he runs away to Christchurch, and they track him the fuck down, and they take control of him again, and they send him to somewhere called North Island, and then on to Australia, where he has a meeting with this this dick at the head of the (laughs) organisation. Um, uh, I can't remember his name. Was Bruce Bruce fucking Dick? Yeah, and. I mean, this is unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. 18-year-old man uh, was treated like this over a period of two years after coming out. He was drugged, ostracized, separated from his family. He ran away. Um, he was really, he was, they took control of Just unbelievable. Unbelievable. And finally, Craig took control of the situation the only way he could, by contacting the media. And that's when it all kicked off, really.
4: Yeah, yeah. That's the best way to do it, right? Yeah, definitely, this- yeah. This drug is is made for, you know, like you're listing all the side effects. All those are less than what this drug is made for, which is that's prostate right. cancer. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. You know, like exactly. you're willing to take those risks when, you know, you're like, oh, my gosh, all of these awful things could happen to me if I take this drug. But it's better than having prostate cancer. Yes. And, this, you know, but when you don't have that, all those side effects, that's that's all you get. You don't, you don't get anything but the side effects Ooh. out of it. It really does nothing right. except for the bad side effects.
2: Well, that's, I, I thought the same thing. It's like, oh, man, I don't want to have a rich and satisfying sex life with a consenting adult. Where's something with horrible side effects I can take to damage my body and yeah. libido? <laughs> also, you know, looking at this article, too, they, you know, they said that the exclusive brethren, uh, quote, believe strongly in the traditional family unit. <clears throat> really? Because, like, in my traditional family unit, we don't fucking ostracize yeah. people. Like, that's something, how can you possibly say, like, well, I believe in family, unless my family member happens to be somebody I don't like, unless I happen to disagree, you know, like Republican, you know, and then you're just like, well, I've got to ostracize them because of fa- I love family so much. I want to damage somebody wholly. Like, I want to just crush their fragile fucking spirit underneath the heel of my familial oppression for love <laughs> it's for love i think
3: i think it's interesting that when um when the news program were investigating the story they took craig around to interview various people concerned including the dr craddock um, and they confronted him effectively on the doorstep with uh, the question um you know what do you think you were doing prescribing um cyprostat uh do you know what the side effects are did he know what the side effects are? <laughs> I'm
2: going to guess no. That.
3: No. Of course. He didn't that. know what the side oh, effects were. I got it. I think, it <laughs> <laughs> I think he was struggling to remember the, uh, the, uh, what the drug was for in the first place. He, he argued that uh, Craig had asked for it himself. Oh, yeah. You can just walk in and ask for a really specific drug. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I wanted, to, I wanted to say that this turned into farce immediately after that because after that doorstepping of the doctor, word obviously got out. And the news crew were stalked by members of the exclusive twats. There was this procession of cars following them around Sydney and trying to block their way and um, force them nice. off the road. And the crew got footage of all of this, which demonstrates the stupidity of these people, doesn't yeah, right. it? If, if you're going to stalk somebody and behave like a dick, <laughs> the last thing you do is do it in front of cameras that are going to go on national television. I was
2: going to say, but again, this is an organisation that's built itself to be stupid. Like so, that's not surprising at all. It's yeah. like, <laughs> they behaved. They, they, you know, they did this poorly. Well, I mean, that's kind of their thing, you know. Like it's a, it's a. <laughs> They're group not really that, book learners. Yeah, yeah, it's not not a bunch no. of thought thinkers in that group there. Yeah, so.
4: no, no. So we'll have Andy from Incredulous on at the end of the show. We, have, uh, we actually have some points he needs to tally in the meantime. So we put him off on the side. We had a whole bunch of backlogged points, and he's really good at tallying that sort of thing. So we're going to have him back uh, to talk about Incredulous and the Mercy Side Skeptics later on. But until then, if you're new to the show, you're going to listen to Tom and I, be very American, and also cuss a lot.
5: Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allah.
2: So, Cecil, this story that we're going to talk about now is from the Jerusalem Post, which I read regularly. I actually get the Jerusalem Post uh, in my front yard. Um, they throw a whole post. Right, the whole They just the nail entire, it into the ground. Yeah, it's a bunch of Hasidic Jews actually just like fling it out their yeah. <laughs> car at me. It's, it's pretty awesome. It's the delivery tuxedos. people, are It's nice. Yeah. Um, this is a story: uh, Iran. Zionists spread homosexuality to control the world. You don't understand controlling the world no. very well, no. <laughs> Iran. How the fuck is homosexuality going to control the world? At what point is at what point is there an evil scientist like rubbing his hands together in his evil layer? Like, ha 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 ha! <laughs> I will make the same gender have sex with the same gender, and, and then profit. Control <laughs> the world. Like yeah. what? No, you. You couldn't gain control of a whole Starbucks. Yeah, <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah I, I think it's very interesting. They say in this article, um, it also re- ridiculed co- uh, conservative Judaism for accepting gay rabbis and urged Western governments to stop people from engaging in gay and therefore immoral actions and provide medical treatment for homosexuals in order to stop their conduct. What,
2: like castration pills? Right. Yeah. Right. Is that what they're supposed to provide? Although Iran has a pretty good, like stop being gay program where they hang you yeah, for being gay. Yeah,
4: I mean it cures the gayness. It's a hundred percent effective. The gayness is it's it's fucking pulled right out of your body c- with the rest of your life force. <laughs> right, yeah. with your spinal
2: cord. Yeah, as it the, from the yeah. That's uh, I, you know, at some point you just gotta concede. Like you just gotta look at Iran and be like, oh, Iran. Iran's like Iran's like your crazy neighbor, right? Yeah. Who's like his yards full of like fucking dandelions, and he mumbles, you know, mumbles to himself, and he hoards newspapers, you know, and like he's got like forty six cats. And at some point, it's it it goes from from being like kind of crazy to almost endearingly crazy, you know, where you just look over and you're like, that's just Iran.
4: <laughs> Pay no attention. Iran's out there mowing their lawn in their underwear again. Right. What are you gonna do? You know, right. there's you just, nothing you, you can wanna, do. Like, Pinch Iran's cheeks a little yeah. bit and be like, <laughs> I oh, I ran. Him. You guys are so cute with your little bigotry. Um, I like this part of the article, too, because it says the Iranian report also attacked Hollywood for depicting gays in a positive terms in the, in the silver screen. You know, you got to wonder if you go into a PG movie over in Iran if, like, PG stands for partial guillotining. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they think it means pretty gay. Yeah, or partially gay, you know. (laughs) Actually, it's punishing gay, you know what I mean? That's what it should be. Um,
2: You know, the the article uh, blasted Israel for promoting demonstrations for gay rights and decried Tel Aviv as the gay paradise on earth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that conservative fucking Jewish culture is definitely the gay paradise on earth. Iran. Tel Aviv has nothing on San Francisco. Right. Exactly. Look at that. you're like, hmm. I've not been to Tel Aviv, but I'm guessing that's actually not the gay paradise. Yeah. yeah. Probably not going to be the case. And, wh- and what?
4: What do they do? You know, I think the there is a great sort of read between the lines bit in this article, Tom. I'm going to read directly from it again. It says he added that the text legitimizes. The execution of gays in Iran they have made a text not only to ridicule the West but to also provide a reason why Iran executes gays, so they get a chance to because being gay is like then pro israel in a way so oh, they right. they yeah. have this way to yeah. execute you now they can say when people come be like we don 't have gays
2: in Iran, what we have is Zionists and right. they deserve to die right well that 's a good point i hadn 't thought of that you know it 's like it's, it's, it's part of that whole idea of, you know, like attacking the decadent Western culture, you know, and, and, uh, and, and lumping. Wow, that's, that's an interesting idea. I hadn't, I hadn't considered that. It's, it's really a good way to make homosexuality treasonous. Right. Exactly. That's you know? exactly
4: it. And nobody's, you know, you're, you know, even the middle of the road people in Iran will be like, well, fuck that. You know, right. those people deserve to die. Right. Well, they were just gay. No,
2: they were really pro-Israel. Wow, that's awful. Can you imagine too how terrible it would be to be a homosexual in Iran? Oh my gosh! You know, you like you're, you're born, like you come into your your sexual being. You realize that you 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 are a homosexual. You can't express that at all. There's no affirmations in your culture of homosexuality. You can't. You, you know, you have to try to go through this fucking mummers farce of you know not even dating women, but like you know getting married to and you know having this whole shenanigans and and no matter how pro Iran you might be you have to know in the back of your head somewhere that if you were to express your yourself that it would be an act of treason that like you your yourself is always it can be at odds with your With yourself in this point, like you can experience such tremendous cognitive dissonance. I have to think this is a recipe for for uh, mental illness and disease and unease and depression like crazy. Yeah, like crazy for those poor people who have the misfortune of being born in Israel. I mean, in Iran, rather, you know, and being homosexual. Fuck that noise. Yeah. The
4: only thing worse than being, you know, a male homosexual is being a woman homosexual, I guess, in Iran.
2: Right because, because of it's whammy a double with being whammy, a woman right? in Iran.
4: Yeah, here in Iran you can't get any, you know, the they they just recently made a law that allowed uh they 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 it was sort of like affirmative action for men in college over there. Basically like we have to keep the split 50-50. There's no way more women can go to school than men. And it's just like, you know, that's just, uh, that's just endemic of whatever goes on over there in, in, in the Muslim nations, how they treat women as second class citizens. It happens no matter where you go. I mean, they're poisoning the wells in Afghanistan, for crying out loud.
5: I'm not a witch. I'm not a witch. But you are dressed as one. They dressed me up like this. <laughs> and this isn't my nose, it's a false one. Well, we did do the nose? The nose? And the hat. But she's a witch. Yes! Yeah! Did you dress her up like this? No! No, 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 no! no! Yes. 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 A, bit. Yeah. a yeah. bit. A bit
1: a bit a bit. What
2: makes you think she is a witch? Well, she turned me into a newt. A newt. I got better. So this story is from Columbia Reports.com. And what is Columbia Report? Burned Witches. Yeah, sure. It's mostly just burned. Yeah. It's actually like, you know, like when you open up your Columbia Reports newspaper, which I know we all do, and you turn to like the Burned Witches section, you know, it's like it's like D3 <laughs> <clears throat> when you're unfolding your newspaper. Right, right. Um, a woman from northwestern uh, Columbia the, uh, in Antiqua, I'm probably horribly mispronouncing that and we'll get beat up for it, has been murdered, specifically Burned for being a witch or as we like to call it for being for because being. <laughs> witches are not fucking real yeah you
4: know only you can prevent witch fires tom <laughs> this oh, message smokey is brought witch. to you by smokey the inquisitor you know what i mean like uh smokey
2: the inquisitor <laughs>
4: Really, truly. Like like the thing in this article, I'm going to redirect from the article. It says, according to the police, no objects indicating the woman was practicing witchcraft were found in her home. Yeah, they also fucking didn't find a spaceship in her garage either.
2: Right. <laughs> you know, the only thing I can think is that maybe they looked through her computer and found like spells she ordered from eBay. eBay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Maybe she'd brought some hexes and spells on eBay. You know, I, I think a lot of that stuff moved over to Etsy because yeah. it's homemade. Etsy, yeah, exactly. At some point, like when when your culture begins to resemble a Monty Python skit, right? You, <laughs> you have to you have to sort of stop and be like, whoa, whoa, that wasn't a, that wasn't a prophetic vision of the future. Yeah, that was satirical. Yeah, you know, maybe we shouldn't. Um, and isn't there any moment of clarity? Where somebody's like, burn the witch! And somebody's like, well, are we really sure she was a witch? Are we sure we want to do this? Is this yeah. a thing we we want to do today? Can't we just have a campfire and make some s'mores? Yeah. Like, that would be more delicious.
4: Yeah, we need s'more witches! <laughs> s'more
1: witches! <laughs>
2: <laughs> what a fucking horrible thing to have happen. You know? And then there's no evidence of her practicing. What would the evidence of practicing magic look like? Yeah, Like, oh, there's... Magic in this box. Like, wait, what? No. Like, we opened that box. It was full of magic. Well, it
4: says, it says they found the body beaten to death after the murderers drenched her. Afterwards, the, the, the murderers drenched her lifeless body with gasoline and set fire to it. You know, it, she's beaten to death. So, you know, somebody's got to know who, did, especially if it's a group of people, right? Somebody's got to know who did it. But, you know, right. you're not, I'm not reading in this article, it's very short, but I'm not reading in this article, it's like so-and-so's in custody, you know? This is the sort of thing that communities hide. They're like, oh, we got to, you know,
2: protect our witch-killing yes. community. Right. What What is the value in that? I have no idea. And you're, you're exactly right. This is the only thing that can happen when a community condones it, you know? Because it's not like, you know, I'm looking out my window in, like, suburban Illinois and thinking, like, if there was somebody being beaten in the fucking town square and burned, that, that shit doesn't fly. Yeah. It just does not fly. But there has to be a, a, a community that says, you know, A, we have a supernatural worldview. We don't value a naturalistic worldview. We have a supernatural worldview. We believe in magic. We believe in witches and wizards and fucking who knows what. You know, and we believe these, these things are real and we have to take action. And, I mean, I look at this and I think, you know, as much as anything else, this is an educational problem. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the, these people need to be, uh, they, they need to be provided with better educational resources so that they can understand, so they can come to the point, and not like Kentucky education, right? Not like, I mean, I'm talking about like a real education. <laughs> they they need to be given an education where they, they don't have to believe in magic. Like, because... Because magic is inconsistent with the reality of their world already. It should be easy to dispel. You see what I did there? Yeah, dispel. It should be easy that. to dispel. Yeah. And then you then you have to beat less people to death. Like, it's a win-win. Yeah.
4: You have less charred corpses
2: around. Right. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Who's, who gets stuck with the cleanup, right? Yeah. Like, after the fucking great throbbing mob erection is over... You know, and this, you've burned her and you you got this husk of a woman in the middle of the whatever. And you're like, okay, well, that's done. I'm going home. Yeah, so am I. Wait, who's going to stick around and clean up the corpse? Yeah. We got a great stinky corpse here. (laughs) No, it's
4: a deliciously roasted corpse. So uh, we'd like to remind people to donate to our. Doctors Without Borders widget, which is our donation drive, is called Apocalypse Without Borders. As of this morning, Tom, we had $1,345. That does not include the money that Tom and I are going to donate in October, which is going to be $200. Um, remember that you can get a free T-shirt if you're the highest donor. Right now, I'm pretty sure that 105 is the highest, although I'm not quite sure. I'd have to read some names, but you know, maybe you should just pay attention to how much you
2: donated. I'll tell you what would see. be the highest, two hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> that definitely you know, be the highest. That out yeah, there. That's, that's the highest money, out there. But still, but you know, I'm impressed by the generosity yeah, of the listeners. Yeah. I really am. Yeah. This is going to be great when we when we write that check to Doctors Without yeah, Borders. Yeah, it's going to be great. So
4: it. far, it's been going really well. So, uh, so thank you very much. And uh, we're gonna, you know, if you do know, if you're not familiar with what Apocalypse Without Borders is, I'm gonna play you a clip right now to tell you a little bit about the donation drive.
1: It's the end of the world as you know it
5: The year 2012 Some say the last year ever
2: you could accept the fact that this city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion what do you mean biblical what he means is old testament
4: mr Mr. mayor real wrath of god type stuff fire
2: and brimstone coming down from the skies rivers and seas boiling 40 years
4: of darkness earthquakes volcanoes
2: the dead rising from the grave human sacrifice dogs and cats living together
1: mass hysteria
5: it is this certain future catastrophe that we here at cognitive dissonance want to prepare for and so we give you your... Cognitive Dissonance First Annual Charity Drive to prepare
4: for the inevitable Armageddon. Hereafter known as the Apocalypse Without Borders. From
5: now until December twenty-second, 2012, we will hold a charity drive and count on the goodwill of all our listeners to give money to the noble and secular cause of Doctors Without Borders. You never looked at the heavens! Everything in the heavens is here! Moving as the heavens move.
3: The great conjunction is the end of the world.
5: Giving is easy. Simply go to the Cognitive Dissonance website, dissonancepod.com. On the left side of the page is a button. Click it and donate to your heart's content. Doctors Without Borders provides emergency medical care to millions of people caught in crises each year in more than 60 countries around the world. This will certainly be a busy year for them. Help contribute before it's too
4: late. <laughs> Wait, what am I laughing for?
2: So Cecil, this story is kind of awesome. One at some point has to admire Chuck Norris. You know, just, you just have to go bravo. This is from Huffington Post. Chuck Norris, Obama's re-election will bring 1,000 years of darkness. No, we won't be forced to watch Chuck Norris movies. <laughs> Chuck. That's not that's unlikely to actually happen. Um of course he's 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 actually quoting something from an old Reagan speech. Right. Um, which was insane then. Yeah. <laughs> People have used that as an excuse, like, oh well, you know, he's just he's quoting Reagan. Like, oh, okay, well, you know, that was some bullshit before. So quoting bullshit doesn't make something right. less bullshit. Right. It just makes you not coming up with your own bullshit. <laughs> He's not smart enough to come up with his own stupid shit. He's got a pill
4: for somebody else's stupid shit. You know what did bring on a thousand years of darkness, Tom? Religion. Yeah, that's actually not been good. There's something that's brought on a thousand years of darkness. But, you know, hey, let's just forget about that evangelical Christians that need to get out there and vote. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to scare the shit out of you. I'm not going to talk about how great fucking Mitt Romney is. I'm not even going to say how good. I, I might not even mention his name. I might just tell you how bad it's going to be under Obama, and you could look back on the four previous years on how fucking fucking meteors have been falling out of the sky from God, blowing up half of the United States. The raptures happened, didn't we? Didn't Obama bring in the rapture, Tom? We've had like three raptures. We had three raptures already in the, Obama's it's administration. Again. Yeah, it's been rapture tastic. Like he's a. <laughs> He's on like the fifth Kardashian or whatever of his, of his, <laughs> elect, of his presidency. No, but really like, like all he does is just scare tactics. You know your rhetoric is balls when you get up there and just say, you know, it's going to be worse. It's going to be scary. It's going to be worse. And you're like, well, we have four fucking years as a test here. Let's look back. How bad has it been? What the fuck is – what is going to bring in the thousand years of darkness? What could he do? What kind of political
2: capital do you need to bring in a thousand years of darkness? Well, that's the other thing. It's like we can't get anything accomplished. You couldn't even accomplish a thousand years of darkness, right? It'd be like, well, we're going to filibuster this for a thousand years. That's the best we could do is four and a half minutes of darkness. That's the best we can do. We got. You know, it, this, this, is, uh, this is not like a bad horror movie. You know, it's not 30 days a night. Right. Like, it's not, <laughs> vampires aren't going to descend upon America. Chuck Norris upon... would just beat them up anyway. I mean, come on. It's true. Yeah. He would just fucking roundhouse kick all the vampires yeah. back into It's such a stupid fucking thing to say. It says, if we look to history, our great country and freedom are under attack. Now, how does that work? You, you say if we look to history, but then you provide no context or history. Then you say we're under attack, but then you follow it up with, we're at a tipping point. Wait, how are we under attack? We're at a tipping point, and quite possibly, our country as we know it may be lost forever if we don't change the course in which our country is headed. That horrifyingly convoluted nonsense has no actual meaning. Right. All it is, like you said, is just, it's a fucking haunted house of rhetoric. Sure. You just walk around being like, ah! You know, jump scare, jump scare. Socialized medicine. Right. Here are some words that might make you feel afraid. Like, oh, wait, what? You haven't said anything, Chuck. And and I have to say, that's what you need to stick to. Saying things is not your strong suit. Yeah. Unless it's a Walker, Texas Ranger script. You know what right.
0: I mean?
4: Like, then you could <laughs> say whatever you want. But wait, what this really is, though, think about the audience, Tom. This is evangelicals. This sort of shit, you know, these are the people who think there are real demons in the world, and they have to fight these demons. So this sort of thing is perfect for them. (laughs) So what he's saying is – I mean he's really motivating a base. He's saying 30 million people stayed home. 30 million voting people stayed home last time. I am – and what he's trying to say with this, you know, read between the lines in this is like it's cool to vote for a Mormon is what he's really trying to say. It's okay to vote for a Mormon because a Mormon is more like you
2: than a black person. Well, that's something that keeps striking me too is that that issue doesn't isn't playing a more central role in this election, right? In most elections, it's lately in the last you know 15, 20 years or so, it's been such a big fucking deal. I oh, got it, you know, Christian values, Christian this, Christian that. You know, here you've got the the Democrat who is a Christian, right? You know, he. They made a great big fucking deal about it in the first in the first election about him going to this church and yeah. you know that Reverend Jeremiah Wright being kind of you know maybe crazy and saying some sort of nutty shit, but like like that was a Christian church, you know, and that you would think that would play well against the Mormon, whose beliefs are so fantastically different than the standard evangelical narrative, right. But, you know, the evangelicals at this point are so invested in the Republican uh, cause, in the Republican Party, that they, they basically are saying, by not, uh, by not distancing themselves from Romney, from this person who doesn't have the same faith tradition that they have, they basically said, okay, it doesn't matter. It really – that actually never mattered. What matters is that we get somebody in office who's not a Democrat that we can control. Because at the end of the day, what you think personally means less than our ability to steer the party. So just get him in the door and we'll grab the reins when you're done. And that's. And because otherwise, I can't see how the evangelicals could possibly get behind somebody who has a, a whole separate set of gospels and Sure, books he's got a whole. He's like fucking, you know, like you're a
4: level 10. He's like a level 15. He's he's got the next level spell book.
2: But there's, like, no issue being made of that at all. And not that I want there to be an issue made of that, but I'm uh, – it's so evidential of the hypocrisy.
4: Exactly. And, and Tom, I mean, think about it this way. Like, when – When fucking Barack Obama ran, all you could hear, the only thing that you heard was he was a Muslim. I mean, and you heard it all over the place to the point where fucking McCain is having town hall meetings telling old fucking crazy ladies that it's not the case. You know, it was it was ubiquitous. And now it's not even out there. People are just like, whatever, because I fucking dare you to call him a Muslim now. I double dog dare you to call him a Muslim now because suddenly you're going to bring the Mormon thing up to the fore. Exactly. So, of course, the fucking, yep. you know, the Republicards, they're like, oh, I'm not going to say that. That's just opening the fucking door to fucking a whole can of worms we do not want to fucking delve into.
2: Right. It's, it, it you know, at some point that reveals the magic underwear. Right. You know, yeah, absolutely. This isn't even the emperor has no clothes. It's, it's like, like it's like Empress- a wet T-shirt contest for him. <laughs> Uh, we're going to get in trouble for the magic. You know, really, the magic underwear thing is something yeah. of a misnomer. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, It's a joke. It's uh, meant to be yeah, amusing. Yeah. You know, you take it or leave it. So we're going to take a break and give you all the information that you need to uh, contact the show. And we'll be back in just a moment with Andy from Incredulous.
0: Want to contact Cognitive Dissonance? Visit them on Facebook. You can find the link at the website dissonancepod.com or type it in the Facebook search bar. Be sure to follow the guys on Twitter their handle is at dissonance underscore pod the guys also post to google plus now too so check them out there and if you'd like to email them you can do so at dissonance.podcast at gmail.com you can also leave a comment on the blog at their webpage or give them a call at 740-74-DOUBT that's 740-743-6828 long distance rates apply and to everyone who listens shares retweets or rates the show Cognitive Dissonance would like to cordially thank you for all of your fucking support.
2: Cecil, this next story is from Right Wing Watch. I love this. I love this video so much. Um, This is a a video from uh, this Rick Joyner, and he's got a a daily program called Prophetic Perspective on Current Events, which I would think you'd pick a different name just because that is difficult to say. (laughs) You know how does that go? Welcome back to uh, the prophetic perspective on. Co- you gotta have to pause. Yeah, for you gotta a moment. call it
4: the PPCE, I think. Just.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, there's there's this sort of joke, you know, like God hates amputees, right? You know, and the Hitchens actually has has uh, brought this up in a variety of debates and stuff, and I've seen it. It's it's also very amusing because there's this this idea that that uh, God heals oh God heals. You know, I had cancer and then I didn't have cancer and that was God who, never mind that I got the cancer, but then, you know, healed the cancer. So God gets a lot of credit for the uh, the healing of invisible diseases. Um, but, you know, the point has been made several times, like, well, what about amputees? You know, where's the regrown limbs? And so this guy's got an answer, Cecil. <laughs> that he does. <laughs> they exist, right. Tom. People have gotten their he, limbs uh, According to this guy, uh, he he witnessed, he was there, he witnessed through the power of prayer... His friend, whose who's, who's index finger or his ring finger, was was chopped off and it grew back. But Cecil, it didn't grow all no, the way back. No, no, no. Because, like, they stopped praying? <laughs> and, like, they got distracted <laughs> by, like, a shiny? Yeah, like that, somebody had what. coins
4: they pulled out of their pocket.
2: <laughs> so they stopped praying? How does that work? I don't know. The only way to find out is to make a phone call, Yeah, Cecil. absolutely. We got to make a call to Hillbilly God. All right, go ahead, Tom. All right, let me uh, let me go ahead and dial. Oh yeah, hello. This is God. Uh yeah, hey. Um, got a quick question for you. You know, you're you're pretty good at curing the cancer, right? Oh yeah, I cure it all the time. Uh, do do you also give the cancer? Well yeah, I mean I wouldn't be
4: able to cure it if I didn't give it to him. Well, you, you got me there. You got me yeah. there. So. What about amputees? Oh, well, you see, I hate amputees. (laughs) I mean, that's really, I really just, I find body disfigurement of all kinds vulgar and so when i when I you know when I chop the limbs off of these people, i just I don't try to save them one time I did uh there's a there's a gentleman who was in the room named Rick Joyner. he was he was there a praying and they asked me real real nice like they said <laughs> hey will you will you get this guy's finger back? He's stuffed it in a lawnmower and he, and he wants to get his <laughs> finger back
2: and and you chose somebody's finger rather than like all those kids who've stepped on landmines like you just you pick the finger? Really? I mean, why the finger instead of all of the thousands of disfigured children?
4: Well, I, you know, it, it's because Rick asked so nice. Oh, you That's gotta ask, I
2: see. That's why.
4: It's, it's not about what I can and can't do. Young man, what it's about (laughs) is is what I want to do and how I feel about doing it. And you got to be real, real nice, like you got to basically bake me a pie, a pecan pie, (laughs) baby. Really, I love a good pecan pie, especially if there's a little maple in there. I'm a big fan.
2: Now, if I if I make you the pie, should I send that with my Santa Claus letters? Like, (laughs) is that mail that off? Like, cause heaven? Can I imagine here? Now, correct me if I is heaven's near the North Pole, right? It's like right. By the top there. Is by that- the top. <laughs> <laughs> I love
4: the top. The idea of the top, you know, you're just like, yeah, you know, you're you're on you're on a big speck of dust floating through the space, but you're at the top at of that, the top speck, of of that speck of
2: dust. Top of that speck of dust, Right. Yeah.
4: Now, I don't think Hillbilly God really knows. I don't think he knows no. at all. No, no, it turns out. Yeah, I love that. The I love that. It's just like it's just a tiny you know, get almost to the end. We're
2: like yeah, but then we got distracted. And it's like, it's like God's like like taking a shit. He's
4: like, <laughs> 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 we were constipated with prayer. That Almost day. had it. Yeah. Like we
2: were like right there. There's just like yeah. a like a little bit left. Wow, what a powerful God. He regrew most, <laughs> but not all. Eventually, of a finger. If like a hundred people ask real nice, yeah,
4: which really didn't happen. Period. That you know what, is, what I mean? Like, like, right. let's just get into the fact that it did not I fucking guess. happen, period.
2: That, but, isn't that funny? Because if you're going to make up a story to prove the existence of I'm, your DNA. no deity, kidding. And then you make up a weak sauce story. You're like. <laughs> it's not even like, it's not
4: like, oh, yeah, the person was a fucking, you know, a quadruple amputee and they grew fucking, they grew limbs and wings. Right. You I was going to say the same thing.
2: Like. Like you know, it, it, if you're gonna just make shit up, be like, mm, I prayed to God, and my car flew. Yeah. You're like, oh wow. That's- I turned the
4: person into a turtle for right. crying out loud. Yeah. Fucking I- Koopa Troopa. <laughs> Koopa
1: Troopa. <laughs>
2: See, so this story uh, was sent to us by a listener. Um, this is from Deadspin.com, and uh, this this story is is pretty spectacular. This is a uh, a letter um, that uh, a football player, um, Baltimore Ravens linebacker uh, Brendan Brendan uh, he he had uh, come out in support of gay marriage, and uh, there was there was some backlash by a dipshit. Um, there was a letter from Maryland State Delegate Emmett C. Burns Jr. <laughs> urging, I know, right, um, urging the uh, the organization to inhibit such expressions from their employee. Um, basically saying, hey, you know, they shouldn't say things I disagree with. Right. Not allowed to. That's not their right. My right is bigger than their right. Yeah. Um, and uh, Minnesota Vikings punter Chris Kluwes... Cluey's Chloe, Clu-y, I guess yeah. uh, he penned a response, which Cecil, I think, deserves to be read. Yeah, go ahead. Dear Emmett C. Burns, Jr. I find it inconceivable that you are an elected official of Maryland state government. Your vitriolic hatred and bigotry make me ashamed and disgusted to think that you are in any way responsible for shaping policy at any level. <laughs> The views you espouse neglect to consider several fundamental key points, which I will outline in great detail. You may want to hire an intern to help you with the longer words. Boom! (laughs) One, as I suspect you have not read the Constitution, I would like to remind you that the very first, the very first (laughs) amendment in this founding document deals with the freedom of speech, particularly the abridgment of said freedom. By using your position as an elected official, when referring to your constituents so as to implicitly threaten the Ravens organization, to state that the Ravens <clears throat> should inhibit such expressions from your employees, more specifically, Brendan Ayunbendehu, not only are you clearly violating the First Amendment, you also come across as a narcissistic from <laughs> What on earth that's awesome, (laughs) would possess you to be so mind-bogglingly stupid. It baffles me that a man such as yourself, a man who relies on that same First Amendment to pursue your own religious studies without fear of persecution from the state, could somehow justify stifling another person's right to speech. To call that hypocritical would do a disservice to the (laughs) word. Mind-fucking-obscenely hypocritical starts to approach it A little bit. Awesome. Two. Many of your fans are opposed to such a view and feel it has no place in a sport that is strictly for pride, entertainment, and excitement. Holy fucking (laughs) shitballs. Did you seriously just say that as someone who's, quote, deeply involved in government task forces on the legacy of slavery in Maryland, unquote? Have you not heard of Kenny Washington? Jackie Robinson? As recently as 1962, the NFL still had segregation, segregation, which was only done away with by brave athletes and coaches daring to speak their mind and do the right thing. And you're going to say that political views, quote, have no place in sport, end quote, I can't even begin to fathom the cognitive dissonance that must be coursing through your rapidly addled mind right now. (laughs) The mental gymnastics your brain has to torturously contort itself through to make such a preposterous statement are surely worthy of an Olympic gold medal. The Russian judge gives you a 10 for beautiful oppressionism. Three. This is more a personal quibble of mine. But why do you hate freedom? Why do you (laughs) hate the fact that other people want a chance to live their lives and be happy, even though they may believe in something different than you or act different than you? How does gay marriage in any way, shape, or form affect your life? If gay marriage becomes legal, are you worried that all of a sudden you'll start thinking about penis? (laughs) Oh, shit. Gay marriage just passed. Gotta get me some of that hot dong action. (laughs) With... Will all of your friends suddenly turn gay and refuse to come to your Sunday ticket grill-outs? Unlikely, since gay people enjoy watching football, too. I can assure you that gay people getting married will have no effect on your life. They won't come into your house and steal your children. They won't magically turn you into a lustful cock monster. They won't even overthrow the government in an orgy of hedonistic debauchery. Because all of a sudden, they have the same legal rights as the other 90% of our population. Rights like social security benefits, child tax credits, family and medical leave to take care of loved ones, and Cobra health care for spouses and children. You know what having these rights will make gays? Full-fledged American citizens, (laughs) just like everyone else, with the freedom to pursue happiness and all that that entails. Do the civil rights struggles of the past 200 years mean absolutely nothing to you? In closing... I would like to say that I hope this letter, in some small way, causes you to reflect upon the magnitude of the colossal foot-in-mouth clusterfuck you so brazenly unleashed on a man whose only crime was speaking out for something he believed in. Best of luck in the next election. I'm fairly certain you might need it. P.S. I've also been vocal as hell about the issue of gay marriage. So you can take your, I know of no other NFL player who has done what Mr. Ayun Bandeo is doing, and shove it in your closed-minded, totally lacking in empathy pie hole and choke on it. Asshole.
4: <laughs> bravo, bravo. I love this letter. Yeah, it's what kind of it, perfect. You know, first off, you've got to admit, you know, a guy in the NFL knows how to talk smack. You know, (laughs) so he does a good job, although he's a punter. So, I mean, he probably only gets like six chances a game to talk smack. But still, he he does a great job in this letter of just destroying all the arguments and being funny when he does it.
2: Yeah, it's it's pretty spectacularly awesome. I mean, it's just it's just really terrific. And the, the idea that some state delegate would possibly say, hey, you guys need to censor the free speech of your players for real. They, they, this this is the kind of thing that, that this is the response that the world should have to that nonsense. Like this guy should be just mocked unmercifully. and to see somebody do it with such a plum and vigor is exciting. <music>
4: So we're back again with Andy from Incredulous and also the Mercy Side Skeptics. Andy, uh, if our if our listener and you do say Andy, it's not Andy, right? That's how that's not how you pronounce
5: it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's
3: not, not not Andy as in yeah. Gandhi. no. It's, uh, it's Andy as in Handy. Yes. <laughs> so uh, so tell our listeners if they've never heard Incredulous Um, Tell our listeners about the show. So Incredulous is um, yet another attempt from the Merseyside Skeptics to satirize um, the bullshit that surrounds us. So Incredulous is a panel show where I invite um, reputable, knowledgeable guests on. Um, I made an exception for you guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's in the form of a panel show. So in the UK, that would be like, uh, have I got news for you? And I think um, in America, it's generally uh, compared to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me or some, yeah. some show like that. Some, some pretend so, show
4: that we made up. Yeah, yeah that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah.
3: so, uh, but also, uh, there's a little bit of QL, QI in there because we try and reveal interesting stuff as we go along. So uh, it's been running for a couple of years and uh, we've only managed 15 episodes in that time because, um, you know, you guys know how difficult it is to find the time to do this stuff and uh, I take my hat off to you for doing it every week, but I can't do that. So um, we do it every sort of, it's coming out now about every six weeks, I'd say.
2: You know, we do it by being bad husbands and, you know, for me, a bad father. So that helps.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm able to do that. and produce incredulous on an irregular basis as well. <laughs> yeah, they,
2: they,
4: I will say I will say that there's been some uh, you've had some amazing guests on your show. Uh, yeah. You know, in one particular episode, you've had George Trabb, Stephen Novella and John Ronson all on the same show. That's got to be pretty amazing. Who's been your favorite guest besides us? Oh, well, I've got to...
3: (laughs) Thanks for the loaded question. Beside you guys, well, one of my uh, regular contributors, I mean, all my guests are amazing, and I'm I'm, I'm always humbled by how much time people are willing to put into this. Um, But, um, I mean, I love George, and I love all of my panellists, but um, probably... The most regular contributor is uh, Brian Thompson of Amateur Scientist in- Industries. He is such a, f- a funny and unpredictable guy. You know, do you know Brian? No, no, we no. don't. <laughs> well, he used to produce the Amateur Scientist podcast, and uh, he's kind of morphed that into another one called um, Quit Quit It. I think it's called. I
4: think I did listen to an episode with him on it.
3: Yes, he's yeah. a very yeah. funny guy. Yeah. He is, and the th- the. I mean, he's not as funny as us, but he's funny. I mean, he's no, he's no. all right, you know. Com- comparisons are moot anyway. Yeah. Nobody's <laughs> interested in those. Um, you were compartmentally the most funny people from America on the program we <laughs> <you> just <laughs> recorded.
2: <Part-mentally>, the most. <laughs> I love it. You're, you're the most funny people we've recorded today. Yeah, Correct. not not through That's today, co- but actually in right. this twenty-four right. hour time. All of those, all of those
3: things. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So um, I think that um, I, I think that uh, I I'd cho- I'd probably choose Brian, but I mean Geo's amazing and uh, he's, he's he's so knowledgeable about everything. Oh yeah, but, you know it's just it's great. It's it's really great. We get some. We're, we're very lucky. And the episode you mentioned um, was recorded live at uh, the QED conference in Manchester. Um, I'm a co-organiser of that conference, and it's happened, we've done it twice now, and we've got um, the 2013 dates have just been announced for the weekend of the 13th and 14th of April, and we're all very excited that that's going to go ahead again, and that's, um, it's sort of, it's a... Uh, A skeptical convention, I suppose you'd call it. We invite interesting speakers. We have a main stage. We have a breakout room. We had about 400 attendees last year. And we're we're expecting a similar number this year, or at least hoping for a similar number this year, because we've already budgeted the spend. (laughs) So if they don't show up, we're in trouble.
4: That's about a quarter um, the size of TAM. That's pretty big.
3: That's a very big... Yeah, we're very, very pleased with it. And one of the things that we deliberately did was we... We've organized it in such a way that we're keeping the actual cost of attendance down. I think last year, the cost of attending for the for both days, including a massive party on the Saturday night, uh, was uh, only £89. Pounds.
2: Oh, that's like 500 American dollars, but that's yeah. probably <laughs> pretty reasonable for those.
3: <laughs> I'm staggered by your ability to uh, to to work out the currency. That's bodies. an exact yeah. figure, actually. That's uh, a yeah. moment-by-moment yeah, conversion. I could, I could tell by the two zeros. That's yeah. anyway. amazing. <laughs> It's amazing how that just <laughs> rounded right up. Yeah, it's 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 really great and um and Merseyside Skeptics and Manchester Skeptics collaborate to uh to create that event. Yeah, we had a uh, I think we had
4: the other uh person who runs it Mike Hall on our show before.
3: Oh yeah, Mike. Yeah,
4: yeah that's right. Yeah. 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 he's my colleague. Yeah. yeah. Uh so you run this show Incredulous, which is it really does focus a lot on the guests. Do you find it um, that this sort of fit your personality well, um, because we had a guy by the name of Patrick Redmond on a long time ago, and uh, yeah,
3: from from Birmingham, Birmingham yeah, great, and uh, he's a great, really guy.
4: great, very funny guy. Um, you know, he reminded me like you, except for he was funnier. But you know, like, <laughs> like he had it's not difficult. <laughs> he had seriously though, he really had this this attitude that was like, I just want people to talk on my show and have a good time, and I just get a chance to listen to him. That's why I do this. You spend a lot of time. Letting the people who are on your show really, uh, really sort of talk and have and have a good time, and you fill in. But but is that
3: frustrating for you, or is that something that you really like to do? Well, there's two there's two sides to that actually. I mean, you're absolutely right. Your description of how I try to run the show is accurate, and I, I do try to make it all about the guests and, and not about me. But I mean, I do I do like joining in with the fun if right, you see what I mean. Right. Um, but there's also some paranoia in there because I mean, before the before before the show. You know, I always get very very nervous about the material I've prepared about the rounds I've prepared whether they're creative and interesting enough and there's all sorts of of shit I go through personally before actually recording. Right, right. So actually when we get to the recording and and actually I don't have to do that much. Um, you know, it's it's actually quite a relief by that stage. So for me, it's all about the preparation and just letting people do whatever they're going to do and have a great time doing. You know, it. when I'm
2: nervous before, you know, being on, like being on Incredulous, I was a little nervous. I just huff two cans of spray paint right before the show and then I feel like <laughs> I'm ready to go, you know? That explains <laughs> <Boom>. everything. <That's laughs> that explains everything. <laughs> You, you you do a very good job of doing that, uh, playing the host and doing a lot of the preparation and and putting the the uh, the pieces together. Um, now was was the wait wait don't tell me and uh, what's the name of the British version of that? The because uh, everything's yeah, American I, first got... and then British version. You see yeah. how that works, of course. The uh... yeah, well
3: it wouldn't work that way if I was editing, editing your <laughs> show, but. Uh... Uh, there's a show in the UK we've got quite a few of these types of programs there's one called mock of the week and there's one called uh, have i got news for you um there's a number of sort of satirical current event current events um uh, shows on the radio on on radio 4 uh, we have the news quiz which is exactly the same format as um as as, as the others I've mentioned. And they're all great shows with fantastic comedians and uh, people appearing on them. And that's, you know, I just love getting really funny people who are uh, who are quite relaxed about themselves on the show and just to hear what, what's going to
2: happen See See, the best we can come up with is, are you smarter than a fifth grader? <laughs> well, did You know, and, and most of the time the answer is no.
3: <laughs> I was going to compare so. it to, because it's funny.
4: They have like, he's like, oh, we have like six or seven of these new shows. Like, we have <laughs> ridiculousness on MTV. Like, that's what we have. <laughs> you we have what? some ex- skater <laughs> who watches viral videos with three morons and they make really stupid fucking completely contrived jokes about him. I mean, it kind of sounds like Fantastic. our show, but, you know, a little less sophisticated, <laughs> but with more media. So we can, we, let's talk about the Merseyside skeptics. The Merseyside skeptics, sure. um, we hear a lot about them. It's funny cause they're a pretty large group. How, how big is the Merseyside skeptics and, and what kind of things do you guys
3: do? Well, Moseside skeptics. Um, I mean, in in the UK, there is um, uh, like like in the states. There's a skeptics in the pub movement, and Moseside skeptics, when it was formed, was probably about the thirteenth or fourteenth that formed in the UK. Um, and it is quite a large group in the sense that um, that uh, you know we get some really really cool speakers um, to our monthly uh, monthly talks. And, you know, quite a few people turn up. You know, a, a crowd of 100 isn't that unusual, which is pretty good for that type of an event. Yeah. Um, and, but in terms of being big, organisationally, the board of the Merseyside Skeptics um, comprises about seven people, I think, with all different roles. But the reason that Merseyside Skeptics are big is because we've done some big things, really. I mean, one, one of the very first ones was one that I was involved in. Um, and we call ourselves the three men in the pub. Um, and that's Marsh, uh, Mike, and myself, we sat down in the pub and we decided to do a homeopathic overdose. And we said to ourselves, okay, well, yeah. what's the biggest we could make this? <laughs> what's the biggest we could make this? And what we did in the end was create a campaign called the 1023 campaign. Um, I don't know if you guys heard about it. But, I have um, heard
4: about it. Please tell our listeners about it. So
3: 1023 was an attempt to... Um, to uh, It was a, a public communication attempt around homeopathy, where we want to... What we've always found is that when you explain homeopathy to people, they immediately go bullshit. Immediately. Up until the point where you don't... If, you haven't, if they haven't had it explained to them, they're quite happy to be neutral about it and say, well, you know, live and let live and so on and so forth. As soon as you explain it to them, gone. So we, this was a public engagement exercise which we did via the mechanism of a stunt. And the stunt was uh, the famous... You know, Randy made this famous, I suppose, the homeopathic overdose. Um, But what we did that I think was the the clever thing is that at that time, um, there were probably 23 sceptics in the pub groups in the UK. And we recruited all of them. And all of the sceptics in the pub groups around the country, with a couple of exceptions, participated in a mass overdose on a particular day at a particular time. Many of them built additional activism around it, such as doing it outside Boots. Boots is a big pharmacy over here. Um, doing it outside Boots, doing it inside Boots, uh, getting various press coverage and everything. It, it was a really, really fantastic um, experience to be involved in it. And we timed it to coincide with some work that was happening in, in, the, in government where they were assessing the validity of homeopathy. And we changed the date of our stunt to coincide with the outcome of that particular um, that particular research uh, which which came out negatively for homeopathy as it happened, so we actually achieved quite a few in, uh, national and international headlines for our um, for our attempt, which was unbelievable and fantastic um, and stimulated um, um, in, a, in a big way by uh, Martin Robbins, who did a great PR job for us. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was very, very successful insofar as the amount of column inches we managed, both on radio, in newspapers, on the net, and so on and so forth. Very pleased with that. Did it have an effect on government opinion at all? Um, we think that... Um, The the way that I would put that, I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion. I wouldn't say that there was a direct effect, no. I would say that in combination with a variety of things that were going on and continue to go on around homeopathy, as a contributor to that overall effort, I definitely think that we we had an effect. I definitely do. But I'll tell you what was the unexpected outcome, which is perhaps even cooler, is that all of the sceptics in the pub groups in the UK worked together on something. And as a result of that, skeptics in the pub started talking to each other and so on and so forth. And That's lots great. of connections and relationships were formed. We've now got well over 50 skeptics in the pub groups in the UK. I think it's, in fact, I think it's more than 60 or 70 now. Um, so and I think it was a great stimulus for that as well.
2: Why do you think homeopathy has such a hold, like, in the UK? It's, I mean, we have, our, we have so much crazy here in the States. Yeah. So much you crazy. Homeopathy just has no toehold here. Mm. I mean it has no real it's not really a thing here yeah. to so much but in the uk it seems to be i mean it, it really has some some ground and I don't I just am baffled by yeah. that me too me too what is it about the what do you, do you do you have any ideas or what is it is it a cultural is there something cultural there that says like okay you know I can understand where this sort of uh this this particular belief nestles nicely within our our sort of cultural mm. matrix or is it just it just happens to be your brand of crazy. At I don't the think we have um um I don't think we have more I think the reason we have an
3: affinity to it is purely geography, to be honest, because um homeopathy was born in, in Germany two hundred years ago. Now Germany's just across the water from us. Um, we've engaged with them a couple of times in the past, as you may be aware. And um <laughs> you know, <laughs> We're, like it. we're, it's such a British thing to say like,
4: we've engaged with them a few times yeah we've engaged with a lot of countries too yes.
3: <laughs> not quite as successful yeah, no and, definitely um, not as successful so I think that it, it, you know we're in Europe you know, uh, many of the in France, homeopathy has a really big toehold um, in many of the uh, main mainland European countries, and you know that's the case over here as well. And unfortunately, we have Prince Charles, who's a massive advocate of homeopathy, yeah. and you know through through overt and apparently covert means, he manages to keep homeopathic hospitals open, and God. you know he's able to lobby apparently without restraint as much as he wants with whomsoever he wants to lobby for pro-homeopathy agendas, um, you know, and we've got some fabulous heroes of homeopathy in the UK. Edzard Ernst um, is a massive hero of homeopathy and has stood up to Prince Charles on a number of occasions. Um, so, uh, you know, I think, I think we're winning the battle, I've got to be honest. Like I say, when you explain it to people, they immediately say bullshit. So all we've got to do is keep working on that and keep getting them to... You know, understand what, what it is and what it isn't, and they'll call bullshit by themselves. So public engagement is the key.
2: I had no idea there were homeopathic hospitals. That's crazy. Well, we did crazy. have
3: five. We've only got two now, I think, is the number, and that's in in large part due to the government um, research. There was one closed down um, in Bristol, and uh, after the um, the government report came out, two more have closed. Wow. So we're, you know, it's, there's a few wins, quite a few wins. Yeah, that's and good. I
4: mean, five to two, but two is still too many.
3: Uh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But but we you know we continue fighting, and uh, there's some some amazing sceptical work going on from across the country on this. You know, people like. Um, Andy Lewis over at the Quackometer. You know, just people all over the UK are fighting. For, they're always on the alert. They're looking for stories. They're always, um, you know, fighting back when stuff gets into the press. You know, we're working hard on it, and uh, I, f- I wouldn't say we're winning, but uh, we're certainly making progress. If our listeners were going to try to find incredulous, how would they do it? They would type incredulous into anything apart from Word.
4: <laughs> how would you typewriters? It, it, it's spelled a little different.
3: Yeah, it's spelled with a K. Okay, fair so enough. So it's okay. K-I-N. No, it's not. <laughs> it's it's I-N-K <laughs> Regulus, okay. And it's delicious. You should give it a try. It's a wonderful show, and we recommend it.
4: Thanks so Thank much you. for coming on our show, Andy, and letting us uh, destroy your show today. We really appreciate it. You're welcome.
3: I hope you have 30 seconds worth of material you can actually use.
4: So first things first, Tom, before we get into the email, balls from Australia... Um, donated, generously donated a hundred dollars and said we had to refrain from hostess twinkies for two weeks. We didn't eat any hostess treats for two weeks. And now Tom, I don't know about you, but I have one in front of me right now. Do you have one?
2: I do indeed. That is the I
4: will I will mention, by the way, that this uh, that this expires on September nineteenth of uh, 2015. Oh, so,
2: you at mine. I, I um, want to bring up that when I went to buy these Twinkies, which I don't like, um, I had to buy a box of 10 of these things. Um, and as a fat man with uh, sponge cake in front of me, unfortunately, I lack the willpower to even abstain from things I don't enjoy eating. So, <laughs> although I don't like them, I am certain to eat all 10 of them. Oh. So, that's kind of horrifying. Uh, Mine just say best by October 6th, and then it doesn't even have a year. Yeah, because the year doesn't matter. At some point, (laughs) you're just like, oh, well, I'm not sure when these were manufactured. Like, that's the best part. (laughs) I don't know when they were made. All right,
4: so mine is open, and it's a very dry little cake
2: with some stuff in there.
4: Hostess is not sending us any money, by the way, anytime soon. No, we're not
2: sponsored by the Hostess Corporation. Art. I've got my (laughs) wretched little... Penis shaped cake in my hand here. <laughs> Here's two you <ya. laughs> right, balls. Uh,
4: Thank you for said
2: letting us eat a wang here. It's uh Oh, that's dry. That's not a good thing to eat. <laughs> you know what it tastes like? Oh, yeah. Greasy sugar. It tastes like being poor. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: oh no. Oh. oh my god. No, I can't eat any more of that. That's not a thing I'm gonna eat. This so. is an insult to snacks everywhere. Oh, I, um, it's so dry. And how could it be dry? It's got a creamy filling too. It's you like, know, and the
4: thing is, is it's, it's kind of got this off flavor of like rancid oil, on mine, and that's not good. Oh, that's that's a disgusting little. I need a drink. This is treat. That's not good. I'm not gonna eat the rest of that. Man, I gotta eat nine more of <laughs> them. <laughs> Well, thank you, Balls, for donating to, uh, to Apocalypse Without Borders. We appreciate it. We appreciate everybody who's donated, and, uh, and we're climbing up. We're getting a—we're going to—I'm I'm hopeful we break two grand, Tom.
2: I really think it's possible. Our listeners are, are generous folks, and uh, I, I can't wait to see that number uh, break the 2,000 mark. You yeah. Know, that's, uh, and without our contribution. Uh, I, I want to point out <clears throat> that for that $100— I ate something which stained a clear plastic wrapper. <laughs> that is that is in the temple that is my body yeah. now. Yeah. So. And the t- <laughs>
4: <laughs> All right. So uh, so we got a voicemail. Let me play this voicemail for for you. This voicemail is from Susie, um, and then Tom is going to read it, and then we're going to talk about her uh, her questions afterwards.
0: Hi guys, my name is Susie. Um, I live in Prattville, Alabama. Um, I wanted to call and say hi from, oh, maybe the 10 atheists in this state. Um, I just had a question and, um, well, I'm sure you're going to bring it up. But I wanted to see what your thoughts were on the um, official democratic platform, um, adding back the word God and the recognition of um, Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Um, And also, I'm kind of a new listener, so you may have covered this in the past, but um, do you think that we will ever actually have an atheist president or um, a good representation of atheists within um, government? And I guess that's all. Uh, Keep up the awesome, awesome work, and you're keeping me sane during long, arduous hours at work. So thanks, guys. Bye.
2: So Google Voice likes Susie a little bit, at least, because it got a couple of this right. Hi, guys. My name is Susie. I live in Prattville, Alabama. I want to call and say hi from old. (laughs) Maybe the 10A. T? S? As in the state. I just had a question, and, well, I'm sure you're going to bring it up, but I wanted to see what your thoughts were on the official Democratic platform adding back to work, God, and the recognition that Jerusalem at the capital of Israel. And also, I'm trying to do with our Save Me a Cover. This is in the past. But... (laughs) Do you think that we will ever actually have an ATS president or a good representation (laughs) of ACS within government? And I guess that's all. Keep up the possible work. (laughs) And you're keeping me sane during long, arduous hours at work. Thanks, guys. Bye. So thank
4: you, Susie, for calling in. We appreciate it. Remember that if you would like to call us up and leave a short you know, minute and a half at the maximum voicemail message, you're more than welcome to do so. Remember that long-distance rates apply, and you can reach us at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. So Susie, Susie, to answer your questions, what the Democratic Party is doing right now, I think, is trying to get that, you know, that religious vote back that they, they probably lost early on um, in when Barack Obama ran. And they're trying to get that back because uh, they think, I think that they can show that, you know, if if they show Romney as uh, as a Mormon or they try to show that he's, you know, different, he's different than most people in the United States, you know, religiously, then they can have a better swing with the middle of the road people that really, you know, they're independent, they don't vote. Uh, one way or the other, they just vote based on 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 where uh, where they see it right now, and and we're thinking if you know with the middle of the road vote, I think they're going to have a better chance with those people if they're religious. I think that's what they're thinking right now. I disagree with it. I think you know we've made some strong pushes in the last four years to try to be a little more secular, and I think going backwards is a bad thing. Absolutely a bad thing. I think it's awful. And we've talked about it several times on this show. We, uh, Tom and I, both don't think that an uh, atheist, an open atheist, at least now, uh, could be um, popularly elected to the presidency. Now, we do think that uh, we there are examples of very small places where atheists are being elected. A few more here and there. Uh, you know, a good example would be Sean Faircloth was uh, was elected. Uh, and he was an atheist there's been there's an open atheist in the house right now so state government it's a lot more likely local government probably way more likely we're talking federal government it's a big deal and it's tough it's very tough i think to be in federal government unless you're from a ultra liberal part of the country and get voted in and i think you really only have you know at this point senators congressmen those types of people we got a couple of emails from Esme. We want to talk about the Christian Mingle email. Um, uh, Esme has some funny a little funny, uh, funny bits about uh, Christian Mingle. Um, she says, how the hell does some online dating website know what God is telling me to do? <laughs> I, love to, I love that you have to log in to find out what God is telling you to do. Well, God actually speaks
2: HTML. A lot yes. of people don't know yeah, that. He,
4: he speaks in code. Um, yeah,
2: I, I love this. uh dot First thing, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Um, that is from Psalms thirty-seven four. Um, I've delighted myself a lot. Yeah, oh yeah. In my life, I you know I delight myself on something of a regular
1: yeah. <laughs> basis. <laughs>
2: And I'm not sure that God's been very happy about that process. No, young. no.
4: God doesn't like it when you delight yourself. That's for sure. That's why he created. That's why he coded, hand-coded ChristianMingle.com right. via dictation. <laughs> so uh, so thank you for sending that in, Esme. It made us laugh. We got an email from Andy. And Andy uh, Andy tells a funny story uh, about uh, driving a limo. Yeah, he
2: says uh, he was— <clears throat> I chauffeur for a living and my company owner allowed people to bring their kids to work one day last week. My son's three and a half and a huge Power Rangers fan. He's such a Power Rangers fan that I took an old black bedsheet and made him his own ninja outfit. He wears it all the time, karate chopping and kicking everything in sight. Back to the chauffeuring job, I got, I got to take my son to work with me for a pickup at the airport to take a couple of pilots to their hotel. My son and I were waiting in the terminal and lo and behold, a Muslim family emerges from the crowd. Two women in full burkas without missing a beat. My son screams at the top of his lungs as only a three-year-old can. Look, dad, ninjas! <laughs> as he ran up to the women acting like he was a ninja himself. That is spectacular. That is awesome. I love that story. Thank you very much for sharing it. That that gave me a laugh. That was very funny.
4: We got an email um, from Haven. Uh, Haven is... Um, Haven had listened to all of our our back catalog and had a lot of great things to say. Haven left uh, an iTunes review this week, as well as a few other people. We just cracked three hundred iTunes reviews, so uh, we want to thank everybody who rates us on iTunes. Remember that if you do rate us on iTunes, it winds up uh, lifting us up in the stats a little bit over there. The more ratings you have, as well as the most more downloads, people will uh, notice our podcast more. So we thank everybody for doing that. Um, we got an email on PodFeed this week. We got a we got a, a rating on PodFeed this week, Tom. The rating just. Gave us two stars and said confusing. So I think we're confusing to some people. I Although they didn't really elaborate. They just said it's two
2: stars confusing. Um, I think if you're confused, you're doing listening wrong. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I don't know how you can like, well, – What's confusing? Yeah, I don't know what's confusing. Evidently, they, maybe they're having like, conflicting thoughts. Maybe they're having their own cognitive dissonance. But we wanted to thank Haven for sending in a nice, long, uh, great email. Um, and uh, And we appreciate you listening.
2: Tom, we should, read, uh, we should read part of Wally's email here. Absolutely. Um, he says, a, uh, a quick thought on the argument from design. If we are intelligently designed, doesn't that mean I should be masturbating more? I mean, <laughs> the designer put my hands right there, and my Johnson is shaped almost perfectly for a firm but gentle grip, <laughs> almost like a Ray Comfort banana. The head prevents any unauthorized grip slippage. It just seems to me that God, in her infinite wisdom, wants us to crank more out. I think
4: it's true. I think... You Seems know, accurate. I've been doing it the entire show while we're talking. <laughs> so so uh, we want to thank Andy from Incredulous uh, for coming on our show and for inviting us onto his show. Now, his show's going to be produced, we hope, uh, he says he hopes, within the next week. But he said he's going to go on holiday. I don't know what that means. I think they goes away for a while or maybe they close down the U.K. or something. I'm not sure. But, uh, <laughs> but he's going to go on holiday, he said, for a week. <laughs> So we might not be up right away, but keep checking. And you can always find uh, Skeptics with a K as well, as well as Incredulous. And you can listen to all their back catalog at mercyside Skeptics. That's one word, uh, .org, .uk. Um, now, you can always search for mercyside Skeptics, or you can search for Incredulous, with a, and it starts with a K. Or It has – pardon me. You can search with Incredulous, and it has a K in it instead of a C, um, and you can find their podcast. So uh, we're going to leave you as usual.
2: With the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water downward spiral, brain pan sales pitch, late night infodocutainment. thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The statements made on this program do not
4: express the views or opinions of anybody, not even the hosts. Any resemblance to coherent thoughts or ideas is purely accidental. Cecil and Tom are committed to minimizing all such misunderstandings.